Hello, and welcome to the Monthly Comic Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mann. In this episode, we'll be discussing recently released comics. One from DC, one from Marvel, and at least one other. As always, we'll keep major spoilers to a minimum, but we'll discuss general plot points and storylines of the comics we review. In this monthly comic spotlight, I'm joined by James, and we're going to discuss some of the comics we got in October 2022. James, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty well myself. Now, I got 73 comics this time around. Uh, total cover price, over $300, and I'll be honest, that's feeling a little, little steep. Yeah, I would agree with you there. It seems like the price points are moving closer to 5 bucks an issue. Yeah. R- retail price, and... Man, I'm just like, that. that is kind of pricey for what you're getting. Well, for me, it's both the cover price and uh, almost the perceived enjoyment aspect. That too, because I, I was looking at the color coding I have on my, my list, and it's like, either I was really grumpy or I'm just not enjoying a lot of the stuff I'm getting. You know, now that you mention it, I'm looking at mine, because I, I basically color the A's in, in yellow, the B's in green, and everything kind of below that in a, a light blue, actually, but... And I, I don't have – I have one thing in yellow. Yeah. that's Is that a end of the year type thing? But then I, I'm like, no, nah, not really because like you had Axe Judgment Day wrapping up, which is supposed to be a big thing. You have Flashpoint wrapping up, which is supposed to be a big thing. So it's not that the companies aren't doing big things. It's that maybe I, I don't want them to do big things. I want them to tell a good story. I definitely want them to tell a good story. I don't think that's precluded by being a big thing. Yeah, it's just like they're doing stuff, but I'm just, it's not landing. Yeah, there were quite a few things that fell in the B category, so it's not like this month was a a tragedy or anything. No, no, I agree. I I was more like a, I would call it a meh, you know, okay. (laughs) Good, but not great. Yeah, exactly. Shall we dive into DC? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I'm going to filter my list right now. Uh, This is where I had the one item I I classified in the A range. Ah, which one was that? Because I had two I really liked. Batman Superman's World's Finest, number eight. Oh, that was really good. That was one of the ones I really enjoyed. I thought it was great. It was a solid read. I loved some of what Mark Wade was doing there with Supergirl and just how she was not overjoyed with how Superman was handling this this new kid, Boy Thunder. Boy Thunder, yeah. <laughs> and for me, it, it really resonated because I recently reread her original appearances. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. And there's a, oh, so I can come live with you. And he's like, nope, I'm going to put you in an orphanage. And it's like, ouch, that's harsh. And it was very much, you know, hearkening back to to that sort of thing without, I think she even mentions, oh, you could put him in an orphanage or, you know, some snide remark like that. Yeah. And, And she wasn't being a complete jerk about it, but there was a definitely, how come he's getting treated this way and I got treated that way kind of double standard thing. Yeah, I agree. This book for me was just, it harkened back to a time, I would say it's told more modern, it appeals to older an older audience, much more so than probably the 60s and 50s comics, which were skewed much younger. Oh, yeah. But it's written so well and so wholesome feeling. And that, that was the weird thing for me. I was like, wow, it feels wholesome yet modern. It's definitely modern storytelling sensibility, which I like. But it's that tone and style and that... I don't want to say all ages vibe, but it's something that this is the, the, the kind of DC universe I want to be reading. Yeah, and I, I my note on here is like we get too few books like this that yes. are in this vein. And I think if we got 
even 10 or 15 percent of the comics were of this ilk, we'd be happy as readers. I, I think I'd be ecstatic. If I was getting at least one or two of these a week where it's just, yep, I can't wait to read this. And then when I'm done, I'm really happy I read it. Yeah. Because there are a couple, it's like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And then I read it. Yeah. And, and it's definitely Mark Wade has this in the bag because this is the same feeling I got when he kind of took over Captain America, when he brought Captain America back from that Hydra cap. You remember? He was a Nazi and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he took the character and he made him retro yet new, a real hero. Not that everything's, you know, Boy Scouts and, you know, rainbows and sunshine, but it, it just gave you a good feeling to read it. And a hero was a hero. Yes. And man, I loved it. It was great. And this is great, too. <laughs> I think it's surprising how many comic book creators for superhero comic books have lost sight of what it means for a character to be heroic. Yes. We, we kind of got wrapped up in, man, I, what's funny is I border on, I, I go back and forth on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you want to th- make more things more realistic. You realize the reading public were getting older, so you make these gray characters that delve into you know these areas that make it more mature. But at the same time, there's something to be said about the heroic aspect and the thing that harkens back to that nostalgia that we have, which they're, they're missing out on. The heroic aspect is trying to do the right thing. Yes. Not that it's easy or trivial or anything of the sort. Correct. You know, you can have fairly complex characters that are trying to do the right thing, and they can be interesting, they can be exciting to, to root for and such, but I just feel so many times that's that doesn't seem to be what they're trying to do. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think they're trying to deconstruct the, the character and tear them down and, and, and re- morph them into something they're not half the time. And I, I, so this was just... This is A-plus material here. This is the type of stuff that if, if, like you said, if we got two or three of these a week, I think we'd both be really happy readers. Yeah. But unfortunately, we Mark Wade can only write so much. <laughs> but this was, this was definitely at the top of my list, too. Yeah. No, it was some good stuff. Yeah. Now, what else did you like from DC? Because I had a, a couple other ones that I really enjoyed, and one of them I know you didn't get. One of the other ones was Flashpoint Beyond number six. Okay, yeah. I enjoyed that one. What, what, what did you think of it? This is event-level storytelling, definitely. Yes, it is. Jeff Johns, no surprise there. There were a couple of things that were a little little weird. I mean, Rip Hunter never struck me as the most arrogant man around. Okay. I mean, I can see how a time travel could come across that way, certainly. And then the whole thing for how we got the Flashpoint timeline back and stuff was addressed, but there was a little bit of wavy hands on that, so could have been better. There were one or two things, like with that kid Corky and stuff, that it's like, really? Seriously? It, <laughs> it was interesting, but but what really I kind of liked was it ended, it, it finished the story, but it was definitely tying into the bigger picture of what's going on in DC. Yeah. Because there were kind of like two little epilogue type things at the end. Correct. One of which, it was revealed that, like, what, a dozen, or actually uh, 13 characters were kind of going to get integrated into the timeline. Yeah, are those those Golden Age things that he's going to be writing, the the Golden Age? That's what I took it as. I possibly. think it's going to tie into the New Golden Age. Okay. I think it's also going to tie into the Stargirl series, miniseries. Ah, okay, okay. Because I think some of these are the kids she's going to go look for. Ah, all right, all right, that makes sense. Because I was looking at this and I was like, oh, some of them I was confused on. I'm like, am I supposed to know who these people are? And I was like, it must be going into this thing over here. And so that's what I took it as. None of these existed before. 
Okay, made sense. I was looking at him going, who in the heck is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Golden Age Legionnaire? It's like, hmm, that's interesting. And the other reveal was kind of, what did you think of it? Those other two pages after it? Yes. I don't want to spoil too much on that, because everyone will know. Yeah, I, I read that, and I'm like, I, I feel like I really ought to know and recognize a little more than I did. So it was interesting, but a little cryptic. It was interesting, but cryptic, yes. And I felt like the thing that I think they're doing, it should have been done a long time ago. <laughs> well, I, it feels like they're setting up another major event. Yeah, that's what I feel too. So, And we're still in Dark Crisis right now. Yeah, we're finishing an event while setting up the next event. And I get that they need to restructure the DC Universe to kind of fix it, but I do feel that every time they do that, they kind of break it a little further. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was good. But like I said, there were a couple of things that I was kind of like, come on. And and that, that final epilogue was, I'm curious, I'm intrigued, but you didn't tell me where to go to go find out more. That's true. Yeah. So I think we almost have to read the new books that are coming out so to understand some of what happened at the end of this. But tell me which ones to go read. I'm not going to go read everything anymore. Exactly. Because I, I was like the Stargirl thing with the new characters that mm-hmm. it looked like it was skewing towards young readers. Part of that's Todd Knox's art style. Okay, so I was thinking maybe I shouldn't be reading that based on just no. the art and everything. So I don't know if I should be reading this or not. That That's where I don't know. And based on this, I, do, I still don't know. I've got it pre-ordered. I'm looking forward to it. If you're trying to get that bigger picture DC stuff, I think it's worth checking out. All right, cool. I'll check it out for sure. Did you get that holiday special they did six, eight months ago? No, I typically avoid the holiday specials now. (laughs) It was the spring break special they did for her. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get that. It's That's, I think, going to give you the best idea of the sensibility, I think. All right. So if I go check that out, then I'll know what I'm going to be heading towards. Yeah. All right. Well, that gives me a good idea. All right. Cool, cool. So I I agree with you, though. That was a good read. I, I especially liked what he did with Thomas and Martha Wayne in there. Mm-hmm. I thought that was I, I you grow to respect the, both the characters. Yeah. So I th- I thought it was a really cool cool book. It landed the ending while springboarding off into at least two other directions. I agree. Now there was two other books that I liked that you did not get. Okay. One was Deceased War of the Undead Gods number three. I thought that it's still a terrific read. That Tom Taylor he's writing that, mm-hmm. and we get to see Adam Strange fighting the Thetagarians in there bringing the technovirus to another world. And so we're basically, we, we even see Ares showing up, you know, basically to a funeral at one point and the new gods versus some other things that are going to be happening. I don't want to spoil what's going on in there, but it, it's setting up almost like it feels like it's the end of the universe, the end mm. of the world type thing. So it very heavy stakes, but different, terrific read in a pocket universe. This doesn't affect anything. Right. And, and then the other one, okay, when these books were solicited about all these one shots about the rogues, you know, like they had the penguin, mm-hmm. one bad day. So all oh, those yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, I I didn't know how to take them. I didn't know every bad guy was going to get a one bad day. So I skipped the Tom King one, but I did pick up this one. This is the only one bad one bad day I picked up the penguin one, and I really did enjoy it. I would say it's definitely mature. It's kind of like a black label type thing. It penguins overthrown by the Umbrella Man in there. He has to face people that he didn't necessarily treat the best in the past. That seems like it'd be a long list. Yeah, so there's a lot of people in there. And it what, it starts off where he's stuck with basically like $15 in his pocket and one bullet. 
and he's got to take back his basically bring himself back into power. Got it. And how do I how do I take him? And the the umbrella man is the guy who always held his umbrella, and he's taken over, and he's like at the top of the food chain. And so it's this whole story about him rebuilding himself and kind of making amends with people that he did wrong to. And I thought it was a terrifically written story. Definitely not a, a heroic story at all. No, no. And I, I can't imagine he makes amends with the Umbrella Man. I can't imagine it ends well for the Umbrella Man. It, it did not. It, it did very poorly for him, I, I was going to say. say that, that just seems like a given. It, it did very brutally, and you would not have enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good story. I passed on all of those. I'm getting tired of all these one-shots that they're doing. Yeah, I picked up this one. And I don't know why. I think it was the writer, and I can't even remember who the writer was, but this was a good one. Okay. So what else did you like? Batman versus Robin number two. I liked that a lot. I would have given that like a B-plus type range. Yeah, that's exactly what I gave it, yeah. Yeah, it, I thought it was solid. It was... I mean, Wade's clearly been planning some of this for a while. Yes. And I'm curious how the other Robins are going to play into the story. Didn't really like that last page reveal. I mean, it made sense. It explained a bit. But it wasn't the direction I wanted things to go in, but it's kind of the direction I think they, they should go in. Yeah, I agree. One thing I really appreciated about it is the two books are written almost five years apart. And so the stuff that's happening in World's Finest is being picked up on here with the dev demon Niza and all that. Yeah. And so I was like, it's so cool. There's a time gap in there, and the books are actually impacting each other across time. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really clever, and I love that. Oh, Wade's able to see the bigger picture and set that kind of stuff up and have it play out. I mean, he's a a really experienced both comic book writer and comic book fan. Yeah. So I, I'm enjoying that a lo- that title, uh, Batman vs. Robin, a lot more than I had originally expected. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that they made the Robin versus the Batman, the reason why, I don't know what I think about that, but it's it's working for me now. Yeah. Getting to see the House of Secrets, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Very, very true. <laughs> So what did you think of the Dark Crisis books this time around? We got three of them. Okay, like the spinoff ones, the Dark Crisis, Deadly Green, I was just like, it was okay. It was just an average book. It was a side story to set up a needed plot device in the main story. Yeah. It could have been better. It should have been better. And I'll be honest, I was a little annoyed that the checklist listed Dark Crisis number five before Deadly Green. But Deadly Green gets referenced in number five? They were out of order. It was so weird. Yeah, come on, guys. Put the checklist <laughs> together knowing how the story's told. <laughs> I know. And the same thing with, well, not the, not the same thing, but I didn't like the other spinoff books. But the main Dark Crisis book, number five, it's weird. I was like, the story is not written bad, per se, even though you know, some parts don't make sense to me. Hmm. I, I like how the Justice League members are breaking out of their, you know, fake realities. That feels like it just kind of happens, though. Yeah, it just, yeah, bloop, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And then we, they team up, you know, against Pariah and all that stuff. But I don't know. It's it just seems kind of, kind of like a weak story at this point. There's a lot of action, but it still left me a little wanting and unexcited. Yeah, that's how I was feeling. Like, like it's just not very deep. Five issues out of what seven of this event? Exactly. And for me to just be feeling like it's just a, basically a fight book. Yeah. It, it should be called Crisis based on what I'm getting. Well, certainly not hinging on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I felt like Flashpoint was a deeper, more impactful book than Dark Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that seems like it should not be that way. <laughs> no, it definitely should not have been. Yeah. So that that's where I felt really weird with it. So eh, well, it is what it is. Did you get Worlds Without a Justice League Green Arrow special? 
Yeah, I, I, what did you think of that? That should have been on the checklist before Dark Crisis number five, too. Yes, it should have. And uh, did you enjoy it? It was okay, but the, like the lead and the backup story both set up worlds that we're never going to see again or whatever. I think they set up one that we only see on like the last page of the story. Yeah. It, the, the, the two almost seemed to contradict each other in the same issue, which was weird. They really did. And pretty much every world without a Justice League book, I have not liked. Well, and it, it makes it feel like the event's not all that well coordinated. And it does seem to be pulling together in Dark Crisis 5 to a degree. But these are definitely side stories that are almost indulgent for them to be telling. Yeah. Let, hey, let's do this cool little world, this little pocket universe, do this neat stuff with this character, and it's never going to matter, and it will never see this again. Maybe it will matter. Maybe we'll see it again. I don't think the odds are high, but... <laughs> You'll see it again in a collection. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I don't want to see it again. That's where I am right now. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice number five? I felt like that was the worst of the bunch. I haven't liked this Dark Crisis Young Justice at all. So th- this I finished it off, and I felt like it was just put to rest. I think we've still got another issue. Oh, there's one more? Oh, my God. I thought there was only five. Yeah. Oh, God. I couldn't tell if Mickey's rant about what characters are featured was the author's rant or the author's take on what maybe they think some readers think. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Either way, it was annoying. Very annoying. So if if you haven't read this miniseries, you did the right thing. Yeah, I, I think it was very skippable. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunate. Now, I wanted to ask you about something, which it was weird. Because, okay, Dark Knights of Steel number eight. Mm-hmm. We have not seen this book for a long time. I think since April, maybe? Yeah. Other than the... The one shot we had last month where it was three kind of side stories. So we are we went on six months, half of a year, without getting an issue. Yep. And I picked it up, and I'm like, I remember bits and pieces, and I'm like, this is a cool story. And, and yet, at the same time, some point, points, I'm like, what the hell's going on again? I totally forgot where this left off in number seven. Me too. And it, it just killed all momentum for the book. And so I ended up not enjoying it just because I couldn't remember, and I didn't want to go dig out issue number seven and reread it and try yeah. And I don't know why that happened. I don't know, and to a certain degree, I kind of don't care. Yeah. It happened is the bottom line. And that's going to make the reading of this, as it gets released in the, the, the issues, fundamentally different than reading it when it's collected. Yeah, because you and I both know that some guy is going to pick, or some lady is going to pick this up and read all 12 issues front to back and say, this is the best story ever. Well, at some point, uh, six months, a year from now, maybe we'll do it as a back issue spotlight or something, you know? It may be better then. Who knows? Oh, but... It can't be anything but better then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we have the experience of picking it up at issue eight and being like, what the heck is going on? This is, it, it's just bizarre. And it happens so many times. Things got moving again quickly in this issue. Yeah, thank God. But again, the, the context was a little lost. And I, I still question if there are going to be enough survivors of this for any sort of potential sequel. Yeah, it seems like everybody's getting butchered, kind of. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, Tom Taylor likes doing that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a good read. I think it would be a better read if, if, again, we had remembered the story going into this issue. I agree. But, yeah. Well, I will tell you one that I did not like. Oh, and before I tell you about a new number one I read, what did you think of Flash 787? <laughs> well, let's see. How, how to phrase that filler issue. Yeah. Didn't love the wrestling theme. 
There were a couple of, of cameos that were completely pointless. Small, Lobo, Goldbug, uh, Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon. But they were just kind of randomly there to fill pages, it felt like. Yeah. This was the epitome of a completely skippable issue. Yeah, th- there's been a few of the issues by the same writer. Like, we had the one issue where you had to keep flipping the book upside oh, down yeah. to the side. And now he did this. And he's gotten to the point where he's done this so many times that now I, I literally don't like the book because of the writer. I'm like, he's because I know he's going to do it again. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've considered dropping the flash because I'm like, I don't need this guy writing the book because he keeps doing these stupid issues. Well, he's doing stunts. Stunts. Exactly. They're, they're just stunts. Hey, look, cool wrestling themed. Yeah, it's, it's not winning me over. This was in that C category for me. Yeah, that's where I was. It, it, it's weird because it wasn't written horribly like I didn't hate it, but I, I'm getting frustrated with the, the stunts. I'm woefully unimpressed with the book. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I've been reading Flash, and granted it started with the Barry Allen one, not the Wally West one that we've got here, but that was one of the earlier titles I was getting off the rack on a regular basis. Yeah, I think after I read this issue, I literally, I think I commented on the Slack, I'm like, anyone read this wrestling themed? I don't know if I'm going to stick around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I was like, that was just not good. <laughs> it, it was not. Anyways, so one thing that I got that was a number one, and I wanted to ask you if you got it. I got the Gotham City PD, the blue wall. I did not get that. Okay, I picked it up just to see what it is. It wasn't bad. It was something that I put in that B minus C plus type thing, but mm-hmm. the first issue tends to be a little bit better. So I don't expect it to get any better than this. So I'm probably not sticking around. But it, it was written well, but I don't see the series... Is something that's really exciting. It's more like a police procedural. You get several new cops that are on the beat. One of them chases a kid based on profiling. So, you know, there's some political stuff in there, yeah. which is fine. And then the kid reaches for something in his hoodie, hoodie pocket. And then while the cop, who's a girl, has her hand on the gun, she doesn't shoot the kid and she becomes a hero. Well, she didn't shoot the kid because she couldn't, she was so nervous she couldn't get her gun out of the holster. Oh. And so it's her dealing with the, here I am putting medals on me and I'm smiling and I'm being held up as a symbol of, you know, this is the way policing should be. And she told other people, they're like, shut up and take the award. And the reality is I'm scared and I couldn't get the gun out and I probably would have killed him. And so it's like this weird, it's, there's like these really deep political things in there and, and, and dramatic. Yeah. And, I, and it's not bad. I'm just like, I don't think I want to stick around to read that though. <laughs> No, no, and that's not the kind of story I would have wanted in that kind of a title. Exactly. I, I wanted something a little bit more lighter, maybe like, what is that, damage control, but from the cop's perspective, you know? Well, I was expecting more like a Gotham Central kind of a thing. Or Gotham Central would be cool. Yeah, something like that, you know, where you're seeing them interact with the See how the police of Gotham deal with the crime of Gotham. Yes. There's a ton of potential there. Yeah, so they just took it in a direction where I'm like, I feel like it's going to be a polarizing title. And it's not going to last very long because of that. I thought it was a miniseries anyways. Oh, it probably is. Well, I'm out. <laughs> I got two issues in pre-order and I was like, eh, I'm not going to read the rest. It wasn't bad, but it's just, it's a little too heavy for what I want to be reading from DC. So I just left it at that. I can understand that. So Nightwing 97. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good issue. Not great. But, and I don't want to give away the last page reveal, but it was one that makes zero sense. I mean, I think I know where they're going on it based on one of the other characters that's going to be in the next issue. Mm-hmm. But again, that felt like a little bit of kind of trying to pull a stunt just to get attention. Yeah. 
You know what was really weird about that book? I read it, I think, the day before or the day after we did our Three Jokers recording. Mm. And so it read so much different because I was reading that other <laughs> in the Three Jokers and then I read this. Yeah. About <laughs> about about you know Red Hood Jason. I was like, ah. Like, uh, it was just kind of like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's just funny reading that at the same time. But I, like you said, it wasn't one of the best issues, but it was a it was a good issue. Tom Taylor is falling into the category of a good writer, but not the great writer I felt he had been at one point. No, and, and he seems to really shine the most when he's doing those little minis. He even did it over at Marvel with, uh, remember, all the power was knocked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the title of that one. Yeah, but it was he does the best in those post-apocalyptic. Well, where he can really go wherever he wants based on the continuity, but not be constrained by it. Exactly, he kills off characters and left and right, and sets up high stakes. One thing I want to point out is I'm sure somebody heard what I just said and said, "Ah, that's why continuity is bad." And if so, I think they missed the point because when Tom Taylor is doing things like Injustice Gods Among Us. The Dark Knights of Steel, or that other book he did over at Marvel, whose name I'm forgetting, he's able to do those because of continuity. Yes. Because we have this background with these characters, he's able to take that as a firm starting point and push off pretty hard from there with whatever springboard concept he's got and run with it. Exactly. Dark Knights of Steel makes sense because we know who Wonder Woman is. We know who Superman is. We know who Clark Kent is. Yeah. And see, so we already have all that knowledge, and then he tweaks it a little bit. Yeah. You could not have done Injustice Gods Among Us without the DC Universe as as the foundation to springboard off of. Exactly. Yeah. One cannot be hatched without the other. Otherwise, he'd have to create a whole world in there. It probably wouldn't have read as well. There actually was a story done by Bill Willingham 20-plus years ago called Pantheon, which I really wish was completely in trade. They did a trade, I think, the first half, but not the second. It was an event comic book for a universe that did not previously exist or exist afterwards. Ah. So you're getting this kind of like a Dark Crisis equivalent, not that sort of a story, but that level event story. And you're learning about these characters as you go along. Very cool. And it was it was very interesting. I didn't read that. That might be something we have to do a back issue spotlight on. If I felt I could get copies and stuff, definitely. All right, off to see. <laughs> I've got copies, but again, they haven't collected the full things. So you'd have to go hunt down the individual issues. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So but, I'll 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 look around. As we say that, CrossGen is coming out in omnibus format. True. So things can happen. Well, and, and the <laughs> publisher of Pantheon was Lone Star Press, which is local to me. Oh. And I know uh, Bill Williams, who was one of the the movers and shakers behind that. So Very I cool. may just have to see if I can find him and and chat with him on getting copies or something. Be like, I'm going to phone a friend. Yeah, could be. Very cool. So what else was interesting in DC? The other stuff was just kind of so-so, you know, like Kal-El Returns Part 3. Eh, New Gods Fight. Batman 128, you know, the backup story went downhill quite a bit. I'm getting tired of the main Batman story right now. I think he did a better job at Daredevil. So, I mean, a lot of stuff that was just kind of like, eh, it's just going through the the paces. Yeah. Uh, Duo number six wrapped up, and I felt like they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I think part of it is they could have done a better job resetting the scene at the start of the issue. I agree. I mean, they didn't do a horrible job, but it could have been better. The end was closure with more stories that can be told. But the more I think about it, the more I would have liked, because it left off on what was looking like a four-way battle. Yeah. 
And I really would have liked a fifth side to enter in, that being humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that are. really could have spun things around a little bit. Very true. So I felt there was a missed opportunity to be had there. It was good. I don't think they ruined the ending or anything of the sort, but it, it was doing such a good job leading up to it that I was hoping for a little bit more than we got. Yeah, I agree. And see, the other stuff that I got, I've already, like, you know, Batman the Night, number 10, it's ending, mm-hmm. not, not enjoying it that much. I got Detective. I canceled that now. I'm just really not enjoying it. I find, like, I'm still getting the issues, but it's canceled for me. Yeah. So it's just stuff petering out, and then stuff that was just so-so. So, Superman, Son of Kal-El was a little bit better than action, I felt like. It was a feel-good ending to the series, but is it? it was at the end of the series. Clark is back, and they make it more emotional. I think we've got, because that was issue 16, we've got at least yeah. two more. Okay, it felt like but it should have been the I ending. I think <laughs> that's going to continue the Kal-El return stuff. Yeah, he's been returning for too long. I think he just returned, but... Well, and it feels like some of that is happening kind of out of order, and that was a little weird. Yeah, it's getting bizarre. I'm like, all right, he's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of things that I got were okay. A few others I was unimpressed with. A couple that, yeah, I either got the last issue of for me, or uh, um, I've stopped pre-ordering. So, like, Black Adam uh, number five, the last one I'm getting. Yeah, uh, Tim too. Drake, I think I've got the third issue on pre-order, but that's it. <laughs> Again, train wreck for me. Other people may love it, but I don't. It just it surprises me how Action Comics, Detective Comics, and Wonder Woman, and Flash for that matter, some of their core characters are all in the. Uh, it's it's competent, just not good. Yeah, that that's the weird thing. The the books that should be some of the best books are just so so at best. Yeah, yeah. Mm, unfortunate. And, and hey. Hoping for better things on the other side of Dark Crisis and the Golden Age and the new DCU, whatever all that stuff's called. I'm hoping that the new Jeff John stuff, which should be in the next shipment I get, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm hoping it's good and it pays off for me. And I hope that Jeff Johns and Mark Wade are able to exert more of a classic kind of DC feel into the DC universe moving forward. Hoping. My fingers are crossed. Yeah. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Move over to Marvel? Yeah, let's go over there. Yeah. This was one where it was kind of split almost down the middle for me on the, yeah, this is this is good, B category, and then this is published. <laughs> yeah. Probably a little more in the good than just the published. Yeah, I know what you mean. There, There's some stuff that I, I canceled in here. What did you think of Wolverine 25? That was a big issue. Fat one. That one is it, tangentially an axe tie-in, but like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he got judged, but that felt incidental to the issue. Uh, this is, uh, Wolverine's a title that I'm leaning towards, do I drop it or not? Yeah, that, that 25th issue, I was like, yeah, that wasn't good. A lot of the stuff was like axe tie-ins, but axe is finishing up. We, we did get the last axe book. I, I ended up we hitting got- the the last of the main thing, but there's still an epilogue, Omega Day or whatever. Oh, or yeah, yeah. Where they're going to tell us what, what matters or what happened because sure. of that. <laughs> okay, this was an event that I felt like there was so much promise there with the first issue, and I was enjoying it. I liked the first issue. And then they sidetracked it into something. What? Oh, look at this big reveal that I'm like, why are we doing this? And it ruined the whole thing. It, it, it literally just destroyed the story, and then it ended horribly. Well, do you know what I really enjoyed about Judgment Day number six? 
What is that? It ended the story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm yeah. not going to say whether it wrapped up the ending or any of that crap. I I, I don't care. It, it's done. Yeah. But we're getting, I mean, we got the X-Men one-shot, the Star Fox one-shot, the Iron Fist one-shot, the Death to the Mutants miniseries completed, the Eternals one-shot, and it's like, enough. Yeah. It was just, it just weird. I should not have gotten as many of these as I did. I mean, now it's like, it seems like anyone's fair game to come back. Okay, the the Celestials can be talked into anything. They just listen to, yeah. to, to reason. I'm like, none of this makes sense. I'm like, the Celestials were put there to, to go against deviants. You can't reason with that. <laughs> like, I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what are, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, a lot of this didn't make any sense. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I felt like this event shouldn't have happened and it should have been flushed. Yeah, it, it was a dud as far as I was concerned. Yeah, okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> because so many things were kind of like that, what did you enjoy? Because there, there is some stuff that I did like. Fantastic Four 48, I thought, was a good issue. Ending could have been a little better, and I don't know that that was a high point to end the title on, but it was it was a good read. I agree. Did, did you get the Spider-Man number one with uh, Dan Slott writing it? I did. What did you think of it? I liked it. Well, for a dissenting opinion, I thought it was chaotic. It was very oh, much a Spider-Verse story and not in was. the best of ways. <laughs> I'm curious if they're going to undo what was done to to that that spider woman uh which isn't a spoiler because i mean there's half a bazillion from half a bazillion realities yeah i was hoping for more dan slot mark bagley great creative team it was a swing and a miss and if it doesn't pick up i don't know that i'll keep the title yeah i almost felt like this title they were setting it up to almost possibly get rid of or or narrow the spider-verse because I always hated the Spider-Verse. I, it was too much, too many characters. I don't need all that. And it felt like they were setting this up to maybe let's let's chop this up a little bit. Let's let's cut it off. And that's what I felt. So that's what I liked about it. I almost would have gone, if they wanted to do more Spider-Verse stuff, with a Spider-Verse team-up. Yeah. And have either a rotating set of team-ups or pick an interesting Spider-Character that's underused and have them kind of anchor the book. Okay. Uh, do it like it was the, the, the old Spider-Man, uh, or Marvel team-up, really, that featured Spider-Man. I would have read that. Don't necessarily have it be the, the Peter Parker Spider-Man anchoring it. Ah, yeah, yeah. But not the way they went. No, you're not getting Daredevil, did you? I am not getting Daredevil. Okay. With Daredevil, for me, it was an A book. It was really good. And what's so weird is you have the writer here who's writing Batman, which I'm not enjoying. <laughs> yeah. But it, this this comic had me feeling like I was when I was a kid, you know, the anticipation mm-hmm. and what's coming. And we have the hand with the beast being the Punisher. So the hand being Daredevil. So you're basically having Daredevil and Punisher meet up. And that spills into the Punisher book that's going to be coming out. And so basically you have, you know, characters that are appearing like Stick, you know, from the training, you know, and all that, that stuff. Stick from back in the old days of Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. In, in a city almost like Kunlun, but it's not. Electra Daredevil are there, regular Daredevil are there, you got basically the Punisher there, you got the the king and the queen of, they called it Macabre, they basically had a wedding where there's a king and a queen, and it ended up being Daredevil and female Daredevil, hmm. basically Electra. They actually have a ceremony where they're united, and now the face-off is coming between them and Frank. 
And I think it's like so cool. It's like something I didn't expect. It was just awesome. <laughs> it had me feeling like that excited feeling like back when I was a kid. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. It definitely sounds like there's been some great stuff on Daredevil since I got off the book. So at some point I need to figure out where I got off and then kind of see if it's worth either catching up or doing strategic reads or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really enjoying that just because of that. It's it, it was a lot of fun. That was my pick of the month of, for Marvel, you know, basically. Cool. It was a terrific story. Now, what did you like? Because I could go on with a bunch of things I like, but I want to focus on the ones you like. Did you get Miracle Man, the Silver Age number one? I did get that. I thought that was a good read. And it's interesting because it's remastered material from Miracle Man number 23. Yes. And that came out in 1992. So some of this, you know, a little dated. And then 24 came out in, I think, also 1992. And then that ended the title because Eclipse was, you know, going through stuff or whatever. So they're redoing it. We're going to get all new material as of the third issue. I picked up the original Miracle Man stuff after the fact. So not in 92, but maybe five, ten years later or something. I haven't read this since, so when it was like, I know it's remastered, but man, I don't recall any of this. It was some interesting stuff. It was interesting, and I I didn't remember any of it. I read it a while back, but I didn't remember a thing. (laughs) Well, had you read the the whole original run? Not the whole original run. I I, I take it back. I read a lot of it, but it was the reprints that Marvel did a while back. Oh, yeah. This is picking up from issue 23 of the original Eclipse run. Yeah, yeah. So I read stuff that they Marvel reprinted, and then they were coming out with an omnibus of all the material. And so I enjoyed some of it more than others, but it was it was dated when I read it, you know, of course. But I'm looking forward, like you said, to issue three, because I want to see the newer stuff, what they're going to be doing. Well, we're getting redrawn art and some other stuff like that. Buckingham redid some stuff, and, and I don't know what story tweaks they may have made or whatever. I enjoyed it. I was wondering if they were going to... Because at one point, it seemed like Miracle Man was going to get kind of inserted into the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Not what's happening here, and I think that's the right choice to not have that happen. I agree. But Neil Gaiman on the writing and such, yeah, I'm looking forward to to where this goes. Me too. I think it could be terrific, and it's definitely a different look and feel than most modern comics. Yes. So if if someone's picking up to read it, you just got to go into the mindset that you're reading something that reads completely different than most modern comics that you're reading. Again, it's a 30-year-old story. Exactly. A much older book. <laughs> and and not just older, but it was groundbreaking for the time, but in a way that feels, I don't want to say cliche and dated by today's standards, but because it was so influential, it, it kind of does feel that way. Yeah, because everyone does that kind of stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you get the new Namor book? I did not. Okay, it was called Conquered Shores. I, for the life of me, I can't remember who wrote it. But it, it, it's kind of like a Namor post-apocalyptic future. I don't know if this is in continuity or not. But basically, the shore dwellers or the, the surface dwellers, us, we are on the brink. Mm-hmm. Humans have been kind of ushered down to Namor and Atlantis. Namor has taken some humans down there. They call us, call us air breathers down there, including Steve Rogers. Hmm. And, you know, the some of the you know people are sick. You know, their people are dying because of you know, climate change and stuff like that, you know, and a lot of the people that are in Atlantis are not happy with Namor bringing people down there to save them. You know, these are the people who've caused us problems, who've thrown trash into our ocean. And so there's a lot of stuff around that, but it's kind of like a cool alternate world, Elseworlds story. It it, it reads really terrific, though. Oh, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. It's only a miniseries, five issues. Yeah. 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 But, But I enjoyed it. 
I will tell you also that I did enjoy three of the X-Books. One of them I was kind of okay with. X-Force 32, I was like, eh, Craven hunting the mutants. Okay. Yeah, we got uh, 32 and 33, and it's like, yeah, I don't need a Craven X-Men story. Yeah, the 33 I like more than 32, but yeah, it's it's kind of like, eh. But I did like X-Men 16 and X-Men Red 7. It's funny, because for X-Force, 32 worked a little better for me than 33, but not by much. That's hilarious. We're flipped. Yeah. <laughs> with X-Men 16, it was an interesting reveal at the end. They're doing some stuff with Havoc. I'm not sure quite sure what yet, but curious where they're going with that. With X-Men Red number 7, there was like a page of, of prose text for a key plot point in the issue, and it's like, come on. Yeah. If you're writing a comic book, write a comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, you know what's weird is some of these judgment and axe things, like like X Men Red was a axe tie mm-hmm. thing. Well, you know, Iska always wins. You know that type of stuff. But it just seems so tangential. Like it didn't really do anything. Yeah. So many of the axe things were so tangential. It was the equivalent of Red Sky's crossover for Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. You you almost like yeah, we're gonna railroad and sidetrack this story over here to something that doesn't matter. And then two months later, we'll go back to something else. Yeah. But, whatever. Yeah. I, you know what it was about X-Force 33 that I liked more about than 32 and probably what you hated? It was literally a stupid book. I think that sums it up very well, yes. But stupid fun. <laughs> it's, it's Deadpool, but it was one of the few instances where I read Deadpool in there, and it, it kind of hit for me where it was funny. And so that that's what I got. I got the fun out of that's it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, so that's probably where – because. Deadpool, usually he just is grating on me. I'm like, oh, I can only take him so much. But this one was, I thought it was hilarious. Two of the others I liked were Iron Cat and Iron Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Cat number five, I thought, ended on a a nice clean note with the possibility of more things happening in the future. Big surprise there. Yep. And then Iron Man, man, that arc ended surprisingly fast. Yeah, it did. (laughs) But given the next issues the writers last, it kind of makes sense for them to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it's going quick. It's like boom, boom, boom. I mean, they they took what eighteen, twenty issues for the first arc, and the next one's like three. It was that was pacing is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Korvac saga, like you said, for a year and a half. Yeah. And then, boom. The other thing that I like that I know you didn't get Ghost Rider still working for me. It's like you said, kind of. Well, I've said before, it's a little bit gruesome. Mm-hmm. You know, Wolverine has butchered Johnny Blaze in there somewhat. So they can now connect fully with the Ghost Rider. He basically did surgery on him with his claws. Yeah, don't need that. Yeah, you don't need that in your life. And then the other one that I, I, I did enjoy, which I know you're not getting, okay, the Punisher, they have the main story. But this month, October, we got Punisher War Journal, which comes out quarterly. Mm-hmm. And it's that weird, I don't know if he's Swedish or Norwegian writer, but he was did the Jane Foster Thor. Like, you know that weird Swedish sounding name? Yeah. That same, that same guy writes these war journals, ah. whoever that guy is. But you see, basically all the people, forces of crime, bosses, that have ever tried to stop Frank Castle, combined forces in this war journal. There's a $500 million hit taken out on his head. <laughs> a bounty. And it was absolutely kind of a brutal issue as, you know, guys with guns, they're trying to take out the guy with a katana. And Frank does not, you know, in this battle unscathed, but it was, it was kind of fun. Hmm. But it was definitely another one that's probably wouldn't have enjoyed because it was very bloody. Yeah, sounds a little more gory than I might have liked, yeah. Yeah, and then other stuff, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that is just like, okay, okay, some stuff I got, I'm got, i canceling, you know, like I finally, I- I'm jumping off Black Panther, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. Avengers, I'm writing it out to its death, you know, because Jason Aaron's getting ready to jump off the book. I- I'm doing that for Avengers, but 
I think All Out Avengers is aptly named because I've got one more on issue, then I'm all out. You're all out on that one. <laughs> yeah, All Out Avengers, it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it, the plot is paper thin. Well, I mean, the, first off, there was a lot of red text on black, not liking that. It's like, come on, I'm too no. old for this. The lack of setup and payoff isn't winning me over, and there might be some payoff down the line, but that's not good enough for me. I agree. I agree. And I, I'm done with Shang-Chi after these 10 rings. I'm done with Savage Avengers. I'm done with Predator, done with Alien. I already canceled those. I'm still getting them, tra- you know, trailing issues coming in. But I mean, I would say uh, Captain America, I'm probably going to end up with the one that is Steve Rogers' cap. Sentinel of Liberty, not uh, Symbol of Truth, yeah. Yeah, I-, I can't remember which one's which, but the... Yeah. Symbol of Truth is the, the Falcon one, because it's got both Falcons. Yeah, and I like, don't like that one. They started another arc, and it's like, it's more African politics. I, I, it's it's like, okay, we're writing the Wakanda book again. It's like, ah. This was another country than, than Wakanda, like a neighboring one or whatever. But yeah, it's the same, yeah, same type of thing. African politics is a really odd choice for a Captain America story. It, exactly. It, 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 it just felt so bizarre. Like, I mean, the first arc, I, w- I kept questioning. I'm like, why, are, why is everyone immigrating over there yeah. i don't understand what happened <laughs> why why is there a program to immigrate people to wakanda what's going on it, it just nothing makes sense and apparently he has he wants to tell stories in africa with captain america which makes no sense yeah he should be writing the the black panther book maybe he is i don't know don't know not reading it so <laughs> i canceled it because i'm not enjoying that so i'm still getting it though yeah I'm curious what my Marvel total is going to look like next time, because I got 37 this time, but Axe is ending, so a bunch of one-shots are, are going away. I've still got an issue or two on order, but I'm I'm bailing out of All Out Avengers, of probably Marauders, maybe Legion of X, yeah. Exterminators definitely, possibly X-Force and Wolverine. So by the, the start of the new year, I may have fewer Marvel titles. I will say I probably am cutting about six titles from Marvel on my next order for five or six. Yeah, well, thirty-seven out of or yeah, thirty-seven out of what did I say? Seventy-three total. Yeah, it's a little heavy on the Marvel side, and I think there's definitely some some stuff I can easily cut. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm in the same boat. And then you know who who knows if they change up some writers, maybe I'll get the Avengers in the future. But if it's more of that Jason Aaron stuff, I'm going to cut it quick. Yeah, if the next one doesn't start off decent in the first arc i'll probably bail may even do that on fantastic four yeah because peppos did not do it on savage avengers yeah i will say that yeah so if he's writing in that same type of vein on fantastic four after uh dan slot it's not going to work for me yeah i think i'm giving things a, a shorter leash than i used to and i think i just need to. or do was that. it him or, no, was it ryan north was that the artist i can't remember for the life of me i can't remember whatever <laughs> the new writer is going to be ryan north ryan north that's what it is okay ryan north yeah. yeah, and it was the artist of Squirrel Girl that was over on Riley Rosmo over on Tim Drake Robin at DC. Uh, that just sounds wonderful. Those big bug it bug dives. <laughs> it is a very pronounced style. Yeah, which could drive me away from the book. <laughs> it's doing it for me. Yeah. Head over to the other publishers. Yeah, let's do that. I did not have much in this area. I had a total of 12 comics, two of which... I'm dropping Wow. four of the other ones are miniseries, so there's not a whole lot that's on the permanent kind of reading list in this area. Well, I have canceled a lot of stuff here, so my list is smaller, and some of the stuff is canceled now and gone, you know, basically just still coming through. But yeah, mine's getting smaller too. 
but not as small as yours. Did you notice Firepower number 24 that the series is taking a break until next year? Yeah, I saw that, and I might not be back. I will not be back, I will say. Oh, I will not be back either. <laughs> I, I wasn't enjoying it. I was like, okay, take your break, and I'll take my permanent break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just not working for me. It, it started off with that trade paperback. It was so good, and then it just went downhill ever since then. Well, it pitched one thing and then went in a totally different direction. Yep. Yeah. Bait and switch. Other thing I'm I'm dropping is Rogue Sun. I think I've still got two issues on order, though. This was a choose-your-own-adventure-style issue, oh. and I choose not to have this adventure after two issues. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, what are you enjoying? Probably the best thing of the bunch this time around was uh, Public Domain again. That's the one that I regret not picking up, and I think they're issuing a, a trade in this latest previews. Probably, and I don't know if they've solicited anything after this. Yeah, I, I might pick up the trade. Based on you really enjoying it, you sold me on it. Zdarsky's doing a good job. He's doing the writing and the art, and it's it's fun. I'm liking it. All right. I, I'll probably pick up the trade. I think it's this previews that I saw it in, so all right. Have they solicited anything after number five? I don't have anything showing up in my, my notes here on future issues. I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't buy it, so it might have been a four-issue mini. Oh, five, because it hit Or five. Or a five-issue mini. Would be funny. It's like, I'm liking it, and it's done. <laughs> yeah. So that may be one less thing I've got on my list next time. Yeah, stuff kind of just happens like that. It just disappears. Yeah. Especially in the indie world. The new Star Trek series was interesting. Okay. Uh, it's a bit of a mashup for the crew. We've got uh, Captain Sisko, Data as the first officer. We've got Dr. Crusher, Lieutenant Paris from Voyager. Uh, engineering pick was, I thought, a really good one. I don't want to spoil that. Really curious where they go. There are a couple of other new characters in the mix, too. But it, it looks like it could go in some fun areas, doing a kind of a cross branches of the franchise crew here. Very cool. Well, I will tell you, I did have one book that I gave an A. Really? And it's a number one, and it, I think it was written by Jeff Johns. And it, it is Junkyard Joe number one. It, it kind of spun out of his Geiger world that he built, mm-hmm. but it was weird because it didn't really have anything to do with Geiger. <laughs> So it started off reading like an amazing Vietnam War story. So you see these soldiers, you know, they're in the, in the jungles. And I forgot it was even tied into, into Geiger because I'm reading it. I'm like, man, this is a great book. This is awesome because I'm into war books. Mm-hmm. And, and then we get the twist that happens in there, which it, it's not a spoiler because you can look at the cover. They're, one of the characters is basically a robot or an android, whatever you want to call it, robot, I would say. But throughout it, I thought the character had PTSD or shell shock because of how he was acting and how he's behaving. And then later on, the twist was that. But you could, like I said, they, on the cover, they show you. So I think it was even in the solicit. It, it's, it was really kind of cool. And it was sad how it played out. But it was a little bit happy, too. So there's happy points. It played out a little bit sad at some points. And I, I just saw issued the second issue. And I'm so happy because I, I felt like it's something that could act, wrap up after one issue. I hope they go on with this for the next 50 issues because it's just a terrific read. Cool. Glad you like that. Yeah, so I, I thought it was a lot of fun. The other ones that I liked were basically, you know, like the stuff that I talked about before. I like Do a Power Bomb number five, the wrestling book that mm-hmm. get kind of gets kind of brutal, and it doesn't end or what ha- the things that happen is not what you expect, and you realize that everyone there is fighting for noble reasons. You know, like you they have right. the, the chance to bring back a loved one if they yeah, win. Yeah. So 
even if you're the person you're cheering for doesn't win, you don't really feel angry about it because you realize what this person, the stakes they had. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. I like that. And then I like Death Dealer number six. You know, you get a female protagonist in this one trying to get a character out of hell. I thought it was fun. Some of the AWA books were good. Absolution number four, which is the Twitch gamer type book. Really terrific still. Sacrament number three about the priest and the exorcism. Awesome book. What did you think of Erratic Recharged number two? I thought it was okay. Just average. <laughs> I-, I felt that he spent way too much time at the high school. But by the time we got to Erratic being erratic, I was kind of too bored to care. That's the way I felt. It felt I was really bored reading it. And that was one of the few AWA books I was like, it was kind of like in that C category. It's just like, yeah, eh, this is okay. And which is unfortunate because it, I felt like the first series was so much better than this one. I think they did a better job in the first series. I think this is almost feeling a bit indulgent on the creator's behalf. It really did. They, they did have a new number one from AWA, but it wasn't a new number one. It's like number one in the new five issue series, which is year zero. Ah. They have a new, a new year zero come out where they basically show you the uh, zombie apocalypse from like four different perspectives. This time it's like a North Korean DMZ soldier, a medical worker at a free clinic in the South, airline stewardess, you know, stuff like that. Mm. But you do get a hint of where the plague came from as you see the Titanic being surfaced. People, they're bringing up the Titanic ship. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's the outsource. <laughs> that's the source. But now I was going to ask you, there was one that we were both reading, Gun Honey. Did you read that? Yeah, I thought it was a fun read. I still think it can make for a fun movie and such. I just am not entirely sure what approach they're going to take for the TV series they're planning on doing. Me neither, because I like I was like, this is the let's get naked issue. <laughs> That's funny, but... <laughs> they, they have that a lot. The challenge when we did the, uh, the back issue spotlight for the first volume was finding uh, a cover for each one. Fortunately, they do a plethora of variants, but finding one I was comfortable putting on the episode image. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, they're, yeah. They get racy sometimes. Yeah, I was like reading it, but I thought it was good. And I was like, yeah, but at the same time, like you said, do they go movie? Do they get, what are they going to do with the TV? Where are they going to do this? And I'm like, it does get into that really risque thing where they got to get an actress who's okay with that, I guess. Well, if they go that way, but let's face it, they've they've got a plan to do a TV show. Uh, it's by, uh, I think... Pillar and I forget his, his whose partner is and stuff, that studio, that did, I think, man, I'm blanking on which ones they've done. Anyways, I've watched some other shows by them. They do good stuff. But when you're starting a TV series off and the source material at that point had one four-issue run of comics, you're getting it for the premise, not for the story. Yeah. And it by the time, I mean, this is done, they'll have had a second four-issue story. That's not a whole lot to work with. Yeah. And I think they've set the tone, the style, the concept, but it's certainly a TV show cannot be an adaptation of this. They'd, they'd run out of material too quick. Way too quick, yeah. So I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. This is a better follow-up miniseries than I was expecting, given where the first one ended. I would agree. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I enjoy the series as a whole. It's it's good. But there was some a lot of stuff that I didn't like and I got rid of already, you know? I mean... Some of the stuff I'm like, why did I get this? I I thought I purposely didn't get this, but I guess I still got it. But some of it's just, I'm like, cancel, 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 cancel. I got Sirens Gate number one. I think it's a new series from Image. I regret getting that title. I would have given it an F. Wow. Okay, I I looked at the interior art. You know how they give you samples and previews? Uh Uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really beautiful art. You know, I didn't realize that every page was one piece of art. 
with one little bit of text in a box. Ooh. Every, the entire comic was that. Yeah, that's that's an illustrated story at best. Yeah, I was like, this is... Uh, it just got me angry at that point, because you, you yeah. don't even get a story. It's just an art book at that point. I'm like, ugh. Which, depending on the art, I might be okay with, but if I was expecting a story... No, and you could tell it was digital art, which yeah. I'm just like, eh. It was good, but it was, I'm like, I was just more frustrated with it. It, was, it really was not, not worth it. I think I'm doing better than on, on picking my, my books from these other publishers than you are, because other than Firepower and Rogue Sun and such, most of what I got this time is stuff I'm, I'm happy with. I mean, some of it was better than others. I mean, Walking Dead Deluxe is not at a high point in the run for Walking Dead for me. But I know what to expect, and I'm still happy to get it, because I'm enjoying the pages at the end where Kirkman's doing the what-was-I-thinking-at-the-time kind of thing for a page. But, I mean, Time Before Time is good. A little chaptery, but good. Uh, we got a new creative team on Monday Morphin Power Rangers. Set up, but looks promising. But it, there's not that much here that I'm thinking, ooh, I should cut. Yeah, I do have stuff that I have cut, and I have stuff that I need to cut. So... I still take flyers on stuff, and sometimes it bites me in the behind, and I just, yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. Like, Well, you kind of have to, because otherwise you're never going to get anything new on your, your list. Yeah, it's true. Like, I, I picked up something, and I obviously didn't read the solicit. I'm thinking more like Matt Hawkins swing-type category. I picked up something called Lovesick, and I was like, oh, this is like the, the new risque adult title from uh, Image. Nah, it wasn't. It's, it's uh snuff films uh female a a dominant female who kills these incelibate you know involuntarily celibate males they call them incels i i definitely think i'm like this is this is gross (laughs) to read the solicits a little better i do i I cracked up when i was editing last month's preview spotlight oh my my comment (laughs) and you were going through the awa one that was doing the reprints of the first issues of various titles (laughs) Because I could tell, you you were flat out saying as you were reading it, that you picked it before you'd read it, you realized it was something totally different than what you were expecting, and it was it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was the world of a, like, oh no, it's the first issues of everything I've already read. <laughs> but you owned it and stuff, and that's, that's, that's fair, you know, hey, we all make mistakes. Yeah, I left it like that because I figured it'd be funny. <laughs> it was, it was. But it's proof that I need to read my solicits. Well, I, I fall into the same thing. Sometimes I, I look at it and I'm thinking one thing, and by the time I get it, I realize, you know, if I understood what I read a little better, maybe. Yeah. It wasn't what it what I should have gotten. Yeah, so I, I, I am still suffering there, but I'm quick to cut them off now. So I usually get an issue or two. Sometimes if, you know, Eric sends out the order form late, I don't have to get that third issue, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... I, but overall, you know, I have whittled it down, and I am getting rid of the stuff I don't like. Thank you, Firepower, for getting rid of yourself for me. <laughs> and I am getting it down to more stuff that I really am enjoying. And I do still find a diamond in the rough. Like, I wouldn't say Junkyard Joe was a, a difficult find because it's Jeff Johns, you know? That's almost like a no-brainer. Yeah, but you found it nonetheless, and that's the important part. I found it, and I'm happy. It put me in a happy spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to get it to where fewer of the things on my list are in the that blue category of C or lower, and and there's not much lower. I mean, I'm not getting anything in that D or F category, because I'm able to kind of weed those out proactively. And there are going to be a couple of things, like Exterminators, or a few other things that I'll try, and it's, yeah, just swing and a miss, not for me, move on. But I want to get things that are more in that A category, at least solidly in that B category. And regardless, things that when I look at the coverage, it's like, ooh, I really want to read that now. 
Yeah, and especially because it's an expensive hobby. I mean, this is this is fun. This is enjoyment for you and I. But at the same time, if you make ten bad picks, you know that's a that's a significant chunk of change. Yeah, and yeah. so th- that's where it's like, yeah, it makes you a little bit more hesitant, you know, in the future. So I am becoming more hesitant, even though I don't sound like it, but I really am. I'm trying to, and it's just against my nature. So <laughs> it is. It's hard. It's so easy to say, oh, just get everything and sort it out later. It's like, oh, no, no. Yeah. So we did get a couple of questions. All right, uh, cool. This time around from Dr. Mo, two of them. Dr. Mo, I like him. First question, can you check in on the title's purchase tying into the current DC and Marvel events? You have been doing so for Axe and Dark Crisis. Can it be a regular feature? Yes, it can be a regular feature if we remember every time. I, I try to cover the big events and such. I think what I consider an event and what other people consider an event don't always match. I definitely think for Axe, I was deeper into that than I should have been. In Dark Crisis, that too, I think I was deeper in than I should have been. Yeah, I feel like Axe in Dark Crisis, you can read the main thing and none of the side stories. And I felt like the ultimate, if you want to call it event, was Flashpoint. Out of the events, the the best of the of the current events. Well, but I don't consider Flashpoint Beyond. It's not an event. It's a miniseries. That's true. It felt more like an event than Dark Crisis, which is weird. And even some of the other stuff going on, I'm trying to think what would be a good example of that this month. There were some some story arcs going on, but I don't necessarily consider them events. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I guess our next one will be the uh, Dark Web. Are you reading that? (laughs) I'm not sure how much of that I've pre-ordered, probably more than I should have. I think I got the main Dark Web thing, and then I think it goes into like Amazing Spider-Man and a few books that I'm already buying. Again, I consider that more of a kind of a crossover story than an event, but... yeah. We'll, we'll take it as Dr. Mo wanting maybe some of that. If at any point you want us to cover a particular story arc or something, again, we've got a thread on the forum. This is where I'm pillaging the questions from. We're happy to address them. We try to do that in passing as we go. I mean, we talked about the return of Kal-El and some of that kind of stuff. So we try to do it. It's just I don't always mark on my list clearly, you know, which story or thing they're they're tying into on each of the items. Yeah, and Dr. Mo, if he is listening at this point, he he's on the Slack channel. Go into spoilers and tell me what you're thinking of Axe and Dark Crisis, and we can talk about it over there, because like, I'm curious to see what if he's enjoying it, you know, compared to what we think. Gosh, I sure hope somebody's enjoying it, if, whether it's him <laughs> or somebody else. I don't care. <laughs> exactly. Or we could just eviscerate it. <laughs> yeah. And then his other question I thought was kind of interesting. The first one was interesting, too. Don't get me wrong. But the second one was... Are there plans to read more titles on DC Infinite because of Ultra or Marvel Unlimited? If so, could you please share which titles are downgraded from the monthly Cowabunga order to kind of the digital stuff? Now, for those who don't know, about uh, literally a month ago, DC announced a new tier for the DC Universe Infinite service called Ultra, which cut the wait time from six months to one month. So essentially, if it was released... On the 10th of of last month, it's available on the 10th of this month, essentially. Maybe give or take a day. I haven't figured out exactly the timing and stuff. But they say 30 days. It feels more like, you know, one calendar month later. So I went ahead and and re-upped and and bumped to the Ultra tier, just because why not? They said they were also going to be moving from the 27,000 or so comics they had to over 32,000 by the end of November. We're a third of the way into November as we record this, and they're nowhere near close to that. So I'm expecting a massive dump of issues at some point in the next 20 days. So we'll see how that goes. So am I going to read more on DC Infinite because of Ultra? Probably. 
But there's also an aspect of if I dump it from my monthly order, it's because I don't feel it's worth reading as much as anything else. Yeah. I've actually taken a, a, a different approach, which this is will sound interesting. I, I've honestly you know, thought about this. I considered, hey, if, we rec- if, if it weren't for us recording this, you know, we typically record the monthly spotlight. Here it is. We're recording on November 10th. Mm-hmm. So maybe the first week of the October books came out. So I wouldn't have enough to, to do the recording right now. But, you know, if it weren't for us recording, I would think I'd be okay with going digital. I'm that person that would go digital with DC and things that I really like. Let's say Dark Crisis was a really good event, which it's not, by the way. I would pick that up in a trade later on, a big hardcover if I really liked it. Like I, I would pick up Nightwing and a big omnibus, the Tom Taylor Nightwing, when, when that's completed. Because I'm really starting to find myself as more of a reader than a collector because the collector thing, I, I think I get you know stress from looking at my parents and had to deal with their stuff. And then I get, I get anxiety from like carrying my boxes and having to shuffle and move them and pack things away. And I'm like, you know, I got this wall of, of comics and boxes. I'm like, it, it literally causes me anxiety. I'm like, oh, oh I got to deal with this when I'm 70 years old, <laughs> carting this stuff around. <laughs> and so I, I would be okay with going digital and just having some books for the stuff that I really, really liked. And, and so, but I'm not going there just because I'm still recording with you. And not that I, you're, you're forcing me to do that, but I'm fine with it. But if I, I think if I wasn't doing this, I probably would do that. I can understand that. And certainly if Marvel uh, had an equivalent to the Ultra Tier, that would be some incentive for me to say, you know what, maybe we, we push the, the monthly comic spotlight back a little bit. Yeah, if we did that at the end of like, yeah, a month back, we could literally both just be reading digital and buy a collection if you really like the stuff. And then you wouldn't feel like you wasted so much money, you know, because there is a lot of drivel that comes out. Well, it would almost incentivize me to see if I could find some good polling app to put on the website to where we could let readers pick, you know, an issue or two of, of, from each publisher for us to you know, go read that we might not have otherwise or something. Exactly. Oh, go check out Stargirl's Spring Special that I didn't read. And we yeah. read that. Yeah, so that'd be cool. <laughs> so it certainly opens up some some possibilities. I just, at this point, I'm cutting back not so much for the financial reason, but just the time reason. That, that's that's where I am. For me, it's time and not necessarily even time in like reading it, even though the, it, that does take time, but it's like the cataloging, the sorting, mm-hmm. the stacking, it, all of that that goes into it versus just picking up my iPad if I was sitting there and just read a few issues and then pick it up later on if I want to or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, 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 I find myself right now, I'm craving to read more novels right now. And I would, I even told my sister, I'm like, hey, let's read this book. And that's part of the motivation for me to cut back on some of the comics that I'm really not enjoying because I'd like to read a novel. I have read more books this year than any year I can recall. And you're probably enjoying it a little bit more, I would think. Yeah. And some of these are, you know, three, 400 page books and such. I granted a few of them are much shorter too, but, uh, you know, and it's nice having the time to do that. But there does get to be a point where it's like, I only have so many hours in the day and I'm going to spend some of it reading comics, some of it recording about comics or TV shows, some of it editing on that stuff. So trying to, to pick and choose what I read a little more selectively. Yeah. Cause you want to be able to watch TV, you know, watch some TV with your sister. You want to mm-hmm. be able to read a book, maybe watch a movie. Uh, because if you become that all-consuming, con- I have to have it all, and I need to read it all because I need to know what's going on, I think you get less enjoyment, and it, it almost becomes 
a chore and obsessive at that point, and you miss out on so much other, so many other things in life that you could be enjoying. Well, and it kind of feels pointless to be that invested in something that I don't feel the creators or publishers are. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and all this with a little asterisk over there. I love comics. When I read a good comic, mm-hmm. I love comics. <laughs> Same here. I just am not finding as many really good ones that get me excited these days. Exactly. So that's the for me the real incentive to like, man, if we I, if we could go this digital route with both Marvel and DC, and then I can just dip in and be like, oh, let me buy this hardcover. This is great because this is the best whatever. Tom Taylor, that's the best Nightwing I've ever read. Let me buy that. And yeah. I can go and read it all the time. Or just keep it digital if you don't want to carry a big book around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's just, it's very enticing because it, it is, it, it's with the pre-order thing, it's a lot of testing. And then you feel obligated to read something. Even if you're not enjoying it halfway through the issue, you can't just drop it because I paid for it. And if it's if it's digital, halfway through, I don't like it. I'm, I'm off. I'm, see you next. There's an aspect, if both Marvel and DC had the same level of service and such, and I expect Marvel will get it before too long, probably. But there'd be the possibility to basically say, you know, hey, what do we want to do for the next back issue spotlight? And if they've got enough coverage on the DC app, it's like, yep, okay, fine, we'll pick that up, we'll read it, and let's get back in a you know few days, record it, and boom, there's not a, I gotta go hunt it down, I gotta go find it, where is it in my boxes, or any of that stuff. So, and there's an aspect I also like of if I want to follow up on, oh, that was an interesting character. I wonder what their first appearance was like. Just click, click, boom. Exactly. <laughs> Versus if you had that issue, finding it, <laughs> and then dare you touch it. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. it's from 1962, and it's uh, 8.9, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I've had a passing thought for the Legion Spotlight at some point to go back and find the first appearance of a couple of characters that I know I would never be able to afford the first appearance of. Jimmy Olsen, Lana Lang, Pete Ross, a few characters like that. And if I can just click, click, and boom, they're they're on the, the DC app and stuff, that's cool. Now, at this point, they've got so many gaps in some of that stuff, it's unlikely they've got those issues, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because it's getting to be about that time of the year. Oh, yeah. The Yearly Comics Spotlight is going to be coming up. We're going to be recording that in January. Now, last year's was a little lengthy. (laughs) Seven hours. (laughs) Seven and a half, I think. Jeez, it was insane. It was a lot. (laughs) It was a ton of fun. I've gone through the list of questions this time. I have, in an effort to maybe have a shorter episode than the, what was it, six-part yearly comic spotlight for 2021, which was fun, but exhausting. I've pared down the list. I've taken a few things. That, yep, we're not going to ask that this year. Now, granted, we'll still have the additional comment stuff, so if you want to weigh in on things, you, you always can. And I've also decided to collapse and combine a couple of things. So we're not going to do a DC section, a Marvel section, and another section. We're going to do a comics section. We're not going to do a favorite comics and then another category of favorite collected edition, another favorite single or whatever issue. We're going to have favorite comics slash collected edition slash series arc whatever as one question. Now, if you want to answer, here's your favorite comic, here's your favorite collected edition, here's your favorite whatever, that's fine. But to do that, when you answer these questions and they've got the little square brackets, put your answer inside of them because I'm going to automate pulling them out. Put some context. Uh, Like I'm collapsing the book you wish more people would read and wish they would publish category. So if you just put title X 
Well, I don't read everything these days. I don't know what all is coming out. I, I forget things, too. <laughs> I don't know if you think more people should read X or that they should publish X. So tell us. And if you're going to put a creator down or a title down, put who created it, what publisher it's by, you know, give us some context. Oh, yeah, because I remember last year someone would say their favorite artist was, I, I don't know. Thus and so, yeah. Yeah, Creator X. And you and I were like, what comic are they writing or drawing? I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, and we, we, we sit there and we're like, I'm doing a Google search. But yeah, if, if, you, they're, if they're your favorite artist, maybe tell us what they're working on right now yeah. that you like. That helps us not sound like fumbling buffoons sometimes. <laughs> well, and in some cases, it's not like we've never known. It's just we don't remember on the spot sometimes. Yeah, especially after seven hours of recording and our mind yes. becomes jello. Yes, or just after a long day of work and we sit down and start recording. Yeah, because we do that a lot. <laughs> so if there's things you want to give us feedback on, either about the podcast, about the year, about comics, or whatever, we will still have the additional comments section. We're trying to get this to where there's there's fewer categories and fewer questions, because just the going back and forth takes a little time, so we're trying to, again, collapse stuff trying to expedite things, but still trying to get your opinions on whatever you want to be telling us about, too. Yeah, very cool. So the deadline for that is going to be Saturday, January 14th of 2023. That should also be the deadline for the preview spotlight for that month, and we'll be recording it the following week. So we're looking forward to to getting some good participation. We've had a couple of years where we had like a dozen or more people and stuff giving us some really good feedback. So. Hopefully these are easier questions to to answer and such. If you've got any questions about how to fill it out or what we mean by something, reach out, ask. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Should be it should be a lot of fun. I just hope it's not as involved and as long cuz that it was a ton of fun, but that was exhausting last time. <laughs> I think it broke both of us. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the crazy amount of recording and then I had to go through edit it, find the spots to break it and stuff. It's like I'd like to have this as a a much more manageable time frame. Yeah, because if we were seven and a half hours of recording, you probably did about five or six hours of editing. Usually it's more time to edit than to More record. time? Oh, I thought it'd be a little bit less. Oh my gosh, so that means you probably spent 10 hours recording. Oh. Easily. I mean, it's usually the, the recording time, it, it take that, multiply it by two or three, and that factors in not just the editing, but getting everything ready, the, the episode image, posting it, all the, the kit and caboodle. Wow. It, it takes some time, and you know, I'm trying to edit out the ums, the ahs, tighten it up, a few things like that. If we speak over each other, space that out, a few things like that, just to make it a better listening experience. All the things that I tend to do. Yeah, I do it too. <laughs> Anything else? No, that does it for me. Cool. Recording clips for the preview Spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview Spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview Spotlight. The show notes and forum for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>